Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All righty, rocking and rolling. Hour number three of our radio program. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. To no surprise, the biggest story of the day are the embarrassing Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I think I've said this now 9,001 times today. They quit last night. They were pathetic. They were putrid. They were lethargic. And quite frankly, if you're a football player in that locker room, you should be embarrassed. And I'm not going to give that uh, that line of, you should return your salary for the season. I, I won't do that stuff. But when you get to the Eagles, we have talked about this until I'm probably blue in the face now, about the future of Nick Sirianni. I believe he should be fired. And not many have defended Nick Sirianni today. I know Hugh Douglas brought up the point that, you know, maybe they should bring him back. But I think Hugh at the end of that conversation, was more so on my side. Why, when he's a doormat in Sirianni, you can't have a player's coach that's a doormat. You need a player's coach that has some respect and a player's coach that knows how to reel it back in in the locker room when the locker room starts to have all these problems of contention. But the poll question today, should the Eagles fire Nick Sirianni? You can find that at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, also at CBS Sports Radio. You could jump on board on the phone lines as well, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. 77.1% say yes, the Eagles should fire Nick Sirianni. 22.9% say no. Now, if the Eagles are going to fire Sirianni, I guess there's a chance late night tonight that we could get that announcement, but I think that announcement would come more Wednesday or Thursday. Like, say what you want about Sirianni, and trust me, I don't think there's anyone that's been more critical than him the last two hours on a live radio program than me. I do believe the Eagles will show respect to him because whether you think he should be fired or not, and I'm clearly on the side that he should, the last three years, Sirianni got this team to the playoffs three times. Now, the first year was impressive. Then the second year, them getting to the Super Bowl was impressive. This year, it was just a slow, painful death. And they teased you. 
10 and 1 start. Okay, not playing great. They still haven't played their best uh, brand of football yet. They'll find a way to do so. And then it was just 1 and 6. Woof, woof. Down the stretch. So I do believe that the Eagles will go through a diligent process. You got to make a decision. I think you got to make a decision by Thursday. And I think it's an easy decision, in my opinion, but there's still T's you got to cross and I's you got to dot. But when you look at the Cowboys, when is that decision going to happen? Because like Samter, I'm not saying that like it has to happen by tomorrow, but the Cowboy game happened on Sunday. So you've had Monday. Now we've had all of Tuesday. You know Jerry Jones doesn't like to keep quiet and keep things hush-hush. If we don't get an announcement by tomorrow with Mike McCarthy, doesn't it kind of feel like maybe there's a chance that McCarthy's going to stay? You know, that's now, two, like, I'll give you two days. Like, I'll give Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie, right? Game ended last night, Monday. I'll give you Tuesday to meet, regroup. Wednesday, any final questions? And then by Thursday, you got to make that decision. With the Cowboys, you had Sunday. Now you had Monday. Now you had Tuesday. We don't get a decision Barry tomorrow. Maybe I'm going to start to think that McCarthy's going to stay, even though I think he absolutely should be fired. Now, I, I don't know the process that Jerry Jones is going through. but oh, I don't think anyone knows anything really about Jerry you Jones. Think about the guys that are out there. Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick. Up until a few minutes ago, it seemed like maybe Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel. There's a lot of big names out there, and there's a lot of teams going after the big fish. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not firing Mike McCarthy unless I'm certain I'm getting one of the big fish. If Bill Belichick tells me, like, listen, I'm just not interested in coaching this team, I'm not interested in being part of this organization, it's just not for me, okay. If, if Jim Harbaugh is like, I want to go to the Chargers or back to Michigan, I'm not looking anywhere else, so be it. Okay. So if you're Jerry so Jones— So got two more names, though. Right, Pete Carroll. Vrabel. And, and, and again, I don't know if, again, I don't know if Jerry Jones says, I think Mike Vrabel gives me a better chance to win than Mike McCarthy. I do. Maybe, but I'm not, I, I don't know if Jerry Jones feels that. And so I guess my point is that if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not firing Mike McCarthy unless I decide and make it a point of who are the guys who I'm willing to replace him with, who do I think is better than Mike McCarthy, and of those guys, which one of them can I actually get? Because if he fires Mike McCarthy and Belichick goes to the Falcons and Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers, Chargers. and Pete Carroll decides to take a year off mm-hmm. and Mike Vrabel goes to the commanders, the commanders or the Eagles, whatever it is. But that's the other thing here. You now have Jerry Jones and Jeffrey Lurie with this decision that's sitting right in their face. And I'm not saying that the next coach gets hired right away. Like there's a process. Belichick's an attractive name. Harbaugh's an attractive name. Pete Carroll's an attractive name. Vrabel's an attractive name. So even though you're trying to dictate this on your own terms, and we're talking about billionaires that are extremely successful and they like to have control, this is the rare instance where the coach has a lot of control. Because you could want, let's say, Jim Harbaugh, and Jim could say, you know what? I want to get sniffed around by everybody. I want the Chargers to, to interview me, and they already did. You know, I want to go interview here. I want to go interview there. You know, there's a... There's a, a a staring game getting played here between the Eagles and the Cowboys, and whoever blinks first, whether it's a 24-hour head start or a few days head start, 
that could ultimately decide who ends up getting the better coach. Because how many times do we hear about these meetings where a coach goes to a facility and they don't let the coach leave until a deal gets ironed out? And you could fall in love with an NFL franchise or an NFL owner in less than 24 hours. It happens. But what can happen, like the coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators, I think are now the way that I look at quarterbacks coming out of college. And what I mean by that is, we always try to project and predict who's going to be the next transcendent quarterback. At least we get to see some game tape. Like a lot of times with the coordinators, it's okay. You see what their offenses or defenses do, but you don't know how they're going to be leaders. And I've given up trying to predict who's the next great offensive and defensive coordinator in this league that's going to turn out to be a great head coach. I've given up, you know, quarterbacks in college trying to predict who's going to be that next transcendent uh, quarterback that goes from college to the NFL. But with both these franchises, they can't afford to risk. They can't afford, like right now, Ben Johnson's the hottest name on the market from the from the from a coordinator perspective, the OC of the Detroit Lions. Ben Johnson can't be the next head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben Johnson can't be the next head coach of Mike uh, of the of the Dallas Cowboys. Like you need an established coach because Philadelphia has been closer than Dallas. But both of these teams are right there consistently in the playoffs. The Eagles going farther than the Cowboys last year. The Cowboys being stuck in that wild card round, divisional round. You need an established coach with clout in this league in a three, four-year window. And all four of those guys we just mentioned. Because Rabel's rosters were never great in Tennessee. And he took that team to a one seed in an AFC championship game. We know what Pete Carroll could do. He's been to two Super Bowls. We know what Bill Belichick could do. He's coached nine Super Bowls as a head coach and won, and won six of them. We know what Jim Harbaugh could do. College winner. NFL, he got to three NFC title games and a Super Bowl. But all four of those names, to me, are better than Sirianni and they're better than McCarthy. So I don't think it's likely that if you move on from one of those guys, that you're going to swing and miss four times on those four big names. In Vrabel, in Carroll, Belichick, and Harbaugh. That's just me. But let's also get to the other side of this Eagles conversation. Because the coach is going to get it tonight. Okay? We talked about this coach now for two hours and ten minutes. And I've said everything I could say about why the Eagles should fire Nick Sirianni. Yesterday, we've talked about why the Dallas Cowboys should fire Mike McCarthy. What does the future of Jalen Hurts look like? Now, he's under contract. He just signed a lucrative extension. He's getting paid as if he's one of the best quarterbacks in football. But starting next year, he's not entering the league as a top-five quarterback. He could get back to that spot, but I can't say he's a top-five quarterback right now in the NFL. And yesterday, we talked a lot about the future of Dak because Dak Wright is a is an upcoming free agent. Jalen Hurts is under contract. And we've seen in Philadelphia before, the quarterback get paid, the quarterback go from an elite quarterback, and then the quarterback loses his way. Happened with Carson Wentz. <laughs> I know I'm extremely critical of Carson Wentz. Heck, uh, there was a poster from Maggie and Perloff that I uh, wanted to get banned here. And we made sure that we ripped it up on the air. But I, I fell for Carson Wentz when I was covering the Eagles. 
I thought he was the next great quarterback. I was believing everything he said, even when articles came out suggesting the other, other part of it. Those articles ended up being right. And Carson Wentz is someone that I can't stand now. But you look at where they were, he was playing MVP ball. People forget that. Like nationally, he would have been the MVP of the league if he didn't get hurt and tear up his knee up against the Rams. Eagles went on to win a Super Bowl. They gave the job back to Wentz. Wentz got hurt again. Foles took him to the divisional round. If uh, Alshon Jeffrey doesn't drop the ball against the Saints that ends up getting interception, they probably go back to an NFC title game. And who knows what would happen there. But then Wentz became a problem in the locker room. You know, I look at Jalen Hurts. It's crazy because there's been so many times that he's counted, been counted out and he found a way to get the job done. He was the man in Alabama. Then got benched at halftime of a national championship game. Tua Tungavailoa came in and he threw the walk-off touchdown pass to Devontae Smith up against Georgia. Then Jalen Hurts stays a year, gets called upon in the SEC title game because Tua Tungavailoa gets hurt and Jalen Hurts beats Georgia to win the SEC championship for Alabama. Jalen Hurts didn't need to say he stayed and ended up winning an SEC championship and being a big part of that game when, when Tua got hurt. Then he goes to Oklahoma, becomes a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, then doesn't go in the first round of the draft, lands in the second round, had to overcome a lot of adversity from the start in the aftermath of Carson Wentz, then gets the keys to the franchise. First two years of starter makes the playoffs. Second year plays like an MVP, takes a team to a Super Bowl, where last year he was the best player on the field in that Super Bowl outplaying the best quarterback in the sport right now in Patrick Mahomes. And then this year, loses an offensive coordinator. His leadership skills are called into question. I get it. He was dealing with the bone bruise. He was dealing with the, a finger injury as well. So he wasn't 100% healthy. But rarely anybody is 100% healthy this year. But now Jalen Hurts is back into that part where he was when he was at Alabama when he got benched. Like, what the heck is going to happen to Jalen Hurts? And how Jalen Hurts responds to this is going to ultimately determine, right, next year, his play next year, how much longer he'll be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Because I know the dead cap is tough to move on from in the next two years, maybe even three years. But you follow up this crappy season with another season that is underwhelming, then you're playing for your job in 2026. So you got to get it right this year. And then you're playing for your job, excuse me, in 2025. And you could be off this team by 2026. And that ain't crazy to say. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen. But you don't play well next year in 2024. Your butt's on fire going into 2025. And my biggest problem with Jalen Hurts right now, and I say this as someone that was in that Eagles locker room at times last year. I saw some of the leadership as much as media could see with him in the locker room, and he was the heartbeat of that team. He was the pulse of that team last year, right? Even the older guys uh, that had won championships in Philadelphia, like Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, uh, Jason Kelsey, they knew that that baton was passed to Jalen Hurts last year. But this year, the leadership of Jalen Hurts and the guy that's the heartbeat of that locker room, he was never able to reel everyone back in. And you, it's a bad look. I, I want my quarterback to show emotion. You know, I love when Tom Brady's throwing a tablet and he's yelling at his offensive lineman. But Jalen Hurts, 
had his teammates yelling at him. And he was just sitting on the side. And I'm not saying people should enjoy losing, but he looked PO'd and he was sulking. And I think Jalen Hurts, it's weird to say it this way, but I think he speaks too much in cliches. And I think he, and I don't get to see him, you know, all that much behind the scenes, right? We don't get to see him talking to his teammates. But that Alabama mold of ignore the noise and speaking cliches, it works. But when you're hit with adversity, you got to be a genuine leader. And you got to break from some of those cliches. And when he said that line about accountability, and he's like, oh, I don't. I don't know, have a dictionary with me and things like that, and you couldn't even define what you were trying to say, it was sloppy. And I know that there were issues with the players and the coordinators, but there were moments where I think the players yelling at Hurts was those players like a Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, well-respected and know Hurts very well, especially Devontae Smith, where they were yelling at Hurts because they were saying, dude, let's go. Like, you are our leader. You got that title. You got that tag. You earned that last year. You got to rally the troops. And he was never able to do so. You know, entering next year, I think the Eagles are one of the more fascinating teams in the NFL. I I really do. Because that's a team that has the talent to win it all. But they played like dog crap. And they quit in the final seven weeks of the season. One and six. Now, I don't think Sirianni, or I don't know if Sirianni will be back. Because I said after the game last night, he, he, he should be fired. I don't know if he will, though. Because Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, they like a puppet. But that puppet only takes you so far. And even though you like controlling Sirianni and the puppet strings, those players are now walking over your puppet. And that's a problem. So I think you need to bring in a coach that's going to stress accountability. I think you're going to bring in a coach that, yes, is a player's coach, but also is someone that's not going to get walked over. But also, you need Jalen Hurts to win back over that locker room. You need Jalen Hurts to go to a different level. And he needs to do everything in his power to find a way to get that locker room going back in his favor. Because right now, I think there's people questioning Jalen Hurts in that locker room. And you've seen it in the articles. Whether it's McManus, whether it's McLean, the two writers in Philadelphia, and there will be many more to follow this offseason. Because when you start 10-1 and one after going to a Super Bowl last year and losing the Super Bowl, and you finish the year 1-6, and six, people want answers. And reporters will dig, players will point fingers, and people will talk to the media anonymously. And you have to probably take everything you read with a grain of salt and everything that's said with a grain of salt without knowing who it's coming from. But it doesn't mean that those things aren't true. Because there was once an article that came out about Carson Wentz in Philadelphia written by this guy, Joel Santaloquito, uh, whatever his name was. And everyone thought the article was hogwash, including yours truly. I, I remember I mocked the article on the air when I was hosting at Sports Radio 94 WIP. Mocked it. Ended up being right. Leadership is an issue in Philadelphia. The coach is not the right guy, and we'll find out if the quarterback is as well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. You can follow us on social media, at Zach Gelb. Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. We'll update you some of the biggest stories in the world of sports. When we return with some audio, we'll get to the news brief, uh, news brief when the Zach Gelb Show continues in five minutes.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. All righty, news brief time. Let's start it off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They fall as expected yesterday to the Buffalo Bills. Najee Harris, he says that the Steelers need to make changes. Coach T always tells me just play running back. And that's, that's, that's some little inside thing that we have too. But, you know, if you want to elevate and get where we are and, and, and achieve those goals that we want, we have to change some in-house stuff, and you know what I mean, um, like not like not no changes or anything like that. It's just the rules that that are in the building that you know we got to be more disciplined. We got to be more more uh, we got to be more committed. I think two things need to change with the Steelers. Number one, and this is very basic stuff, they need a quarterback. I don't think Kenny Pickett is the answer. And three, four games of Mason Rudolph, please. He could be fine for two, three, four games. He's not going to be your guy. For the entirety of the regular season. The other thing, George Pickens, he's got to learn how to chill out a little bit. Like, I appreciate at times his energy, but then there are times when they won a game this year, he complained, and then he lost the game this year, and they com- and, he, and he complained. Like, Pickens, who showed his worth down the stretch, he needs to channel those emotions and reel it in a little bit. He needs to just chill out a bit because this dude thinks he's Jerry Rice and he ain't Jerry Rice. You got to prove a little bit more in this league. We all see the talent, but to have that daily grind of you don't know what mood George Pickens is going to be in is problematic. Um, and I think George Pickens needs to study up on the word accountability a little bit. Here is uh, George Pickens, though, of course. They lose the game at the end of the game, right? The final uh, sequence where the Steelers may have had a chance. You know, there was some con, uh, contact. I didn't think there was enough to throw a flag. They didn't get the flag, and now George Pickens calls out the refs after a loss to the Bills. Like I said before, you can't play the, uh, you can't play the Bills and the, and the refs, you see what I mean, at the same time. When you out there and you trying to make the plays, you are personally, and then they just taking away calls, throwing clear pass over Miles Jack head. They call the P.I. It's not catchable. So just politically, when guys go back and watch this game, watch the refs for sure in the game. Yeah, I could watch the refs all all game long, George. I'm not going to walk away from that game and said, oh, the Steelers lost because of the officiating. But that's a lack of accountability that George Pickens continues to display. You can't be blaming that game on the refs. You know, the Eagles were embarrassing yesterday. Nothing will top that. But George Pickens going after the refs there and saying that's pretty much basically why they, they lost and we all need to watch the refs, please. 
Give me a break. Here is Antonio Pierce. He was doing an interview with KNTV in Las Vegas. He was wearing a Raiders jacket. So, all right, Stu. Maybe uh, he knows something that we don't. He is technically still the interim head coach of the Raiders, but he has interviewed in other places. And uh, listen to this audio, and let's hear the takeaway from it. How am I in this opportunity, right? How is Antonio Pierce? Well, it's because of a gentleman like Martin Luther King and people before me. And then you even look at our organization, Art Shell, first black African-American head coach in Raiders history. So it's a dream. I don't want to pinch myself yet until it becomes official. And we put a stamp on this bad boy, but uh, very humbled and honored. So a lot of people hear that and they go, oh, until it becomes official, it's maybe hush, hush, wink, wink. I was told I'm getting the job. I don't know about you, Stu. I didn't have that takeaway. And I know everyone's trying to live in this gotcha society. Oh, he just revealed he's the next head coach of the Raiders. I do believe that's what's going to happen. But I don't think he's been told that. I think he was just talking you know, confidently, as he should. He should think he should get the job, right? The players are all coming to bat for him, but since the players still have to go to bat for him, doesn't mean he's been given the job because then he would tell Max Crosby, hey, you don't have to threaten a trade. I'm going to be your head coach next year. I think he was talking about there, Stu, if he becomes the coach of the Raiders, you know, but pinching himself and he'll realize it's not a dream and, and it's a reality and, and things like that. That's where he was coming from. Yeah, totally agree. I think that's exactly what you said. It's not that he actually got the job, but like, you know, he, he thinks he has a good chance at it. So when it's official, when do you start to get worried that he doesn't get the job? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. I guess maybe another week. I, yeah. I still feel pretty good, but I would say around maybe this time next week, I would be like, all right, what's Mark Davis thinking here? Because the one team that, got rid of their coach and already has hired the replacement was the Patriots. Now, Gerard Mayo was on staff. I guess he had some stipulation or clause in his contract, a succession plan, whatever they worded it. You know, that's similar to what Gerard May- uh, to what uh, Antonio Pierce is dealing with. Like, I get he doesn't have the clause in his contract, but he was the interim head coach. So you know everything about him. He was in your facility. It shouldn't take, like, if we're still sitting here Tuesday of next week and he's not officially been named the head coach, then I start to wonder, hmm, what the heck is really going on? Here is uh, Chris Greer, Dolphins general manager, on Tua's future with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no, we've had uh, conversations, like we said, we wouldn't talk with throughout the season uh, in terms of contract stuff, but we've stayed in touch with his agent, um, had good conversations throughout the year, um, never talking about money or anything, just good conversations about you know where he is and. You know, so the goal is to have him here long-term playing at a high level. So, you know, that's always the goal, and um, we'll continue and we'll communicate with him through the offseason here. Yeah, that, that should be the goal. Like, a lot of people, when the New Year's start, they go, oh, I want to go lose 15, 20 pounds. That could be your goal, but if you don't actually go to the gym and you don't eat healthier, you're not going to lose 15, 20 pounds. So you could say the goal is to have Tua as your long-term quarterback and have him there, but if you don't give him a contract extension this year, when he's entering the fifth and final year of his deal because of the, the fifth-year option that's been employed being a rookie contract, it's telling everyone else he's playing for his job this year. And let me be abundantly clear, that should be the only decision the Dolphins make. The decision should be to not extend Tua Tungavailoa right now. I need to see more from Tua before I reward him with a four- or five-year deal where you're paying him 45 or $50 million. Make him go show it two years in a row that he could be a good quarterback in this league. And you don't have to pay him right now just because his contract is a year away from being up. Draymond Green back from his suspension. Scored seven points off the bench. Here's Draymond Green after the Warriors did lose last night. It's very urgent because I've cost my team enough. You know, I've 
cost this organization enough, you know? And so it's not a time for me to just come back and be like, all right, I'm going to take my time and get back when I can. No, like you cost this yourself. And so you don't get the grace. Well, the only thing is, if you got, like, did he get rushed back too soon? You know, he's at what, 15, 16 games, whatever it was. Does anyone think having that time off that it's going to humble Draymond Green and he's now going to be a different person? I don't. You know, I, I guess he was all fed up with with uh, the conversation about him and he was threatening retirement. And then that story goes that Adam Silver talked him out of it. Did he really learn anything? Because it's easy for me to seem remorseful. It's easy for me to apologize and say I did X, Y, and Z wrong. But will there be another kerfuffle with Draymond Green and someone else this year? Uh, I'm going to just bet on the side that something else will happen from now until the end of the Warrior season with Draymond Green. I can't give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Here is uh, Nick Sirianni, the biggest story of the day, the Eagles. Season coming to an end. One and six after starting 10 and one. Yikes. You finish the season with only 11 wins and you go home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as you go down uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they annihilated you in the football game and the Eagles quit. Now Nick Sirianni's on the hot seat. Nick Sirianni, if he's uh, worried about his future with the EAGLES Eagles. Again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. I'm not, I'm worried. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm. Yeah. You're not worried. But anyone that says they're not worried about their job status is worried. And it's such coaches speak. You know, I'm only worried about the guys in this locker room, not about me. It's, that's not like humanly possible. When everyone's saying you should be fired today or after that game or down that stretch for you not to be worried in some capacity as well. Uh, here is uh, Troy Aikman. He calls out the Eagles on their just terrible collapse. We've been watching that for six or seven weeks. It's been continuous. You know, it's a, it's a defeated team, and they were when they came in. And there's been no life to this group, really, throughout the entire ballgame. It's amazing. That was such a likable team last year. And that, that team just had elite team chemistry. And this year, even after a 10-1 start, it seemed like everybody just hated each other. Even when they were winning in Philadelphia, they were annoyed in Philadelphia this year. One more from Troy Aikman on the ESPN broadcast last night is issues uh, in Philadelphia that are happening right now. I know there's a difference between what players and coaches say and what they feel. And they said all the right things, but you could tell they weren't feeling it. And it was obvious when they came out here and took the field. So... What happens then is you've got to re-energize a fan base, and to do that, typically there's got to be changes. What changes will that be? I, I don't know. Will it be Nick Sirianni? I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but you cannot go into next season uh, status quo. Well, the offensive coordinator is extremely close with Jalen Hurts. The offensive coordinator is too predictable. Uh, they don't even really have a defensive coordinator because it was Sean Desai. Then they made it Matt Patricia. Both those guys won't be the D.C. next year. Um, but the tackling was the biggest issue, in my opinion, with the Eagles defense. Now on offense, I don't want to say it's just the play calling. And I do think it's a leadership problem too, but the play calling was terrible. Hugh Douglas was right. How many screen passes are you going to throw? Defenders are predicting it. They're laughing. And then it's third and two. You only need a few yards and you go for the home run shot. Let me just take you back. This is Nick Bosa one of the preeminent defensive players in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. We know the Niners hate the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles hate the 49ers. This was from early December 
of 2023, Nick Bosa made it clear he figured out how to stop Jalen Hurts. You see it on tape, though. Uh, and then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, the Cowboys watch the tape. Um, we made Jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those big gaps and uh, paid off. So, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick. You know what the most damning part about that is, Samter? They found out the secret, right? They found out the answers to the test before they took the test. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to leak it online for every other team. It shows you they don't fear the Eagles whatsoever. I actually respect Bosa. And remember when McCaffrey went in the Manning cast? He's like, oh, this play's going to happen with the Eagles. I get it. The 49ers kicked the crap out of, out of the Eagles. But there was a chance at that time that they would see each other again in an NFC title game. And the 49ers like, we don't care. We'll tell you the answers to the test. We'll tell the world the answers to the test. Dallas, we want you to beat them next week. Uh, we don't really respect you that much either. But here you go. Here are the answers to the test. It's actually a boss move by Bosa. And maybe that means that Debo Samuel was right in his rant about what would have happened had they not lost Brock Purdy in that game. Well, I think it was a different team from last year to this year. Now you're just trying to get under my skin. Here's where Debo was wrong. I mean, he is your. Yesterday was his birthday, so maybe. Oh, happy give birthday! Little, was it really? Yeah, we'll give him a little birthday credit. Happy birthday to you. You know, you want me to sing for Debo? The problem with Debo was he said all those things, and then when finally someone in the media, yours truly, didn't want to just kiss his ass and do an interview like Tory Smith wanted me to do with him, which was like, "Oh, Debo, you're the greatest person in the world. Oh, Debo, tell me your life story. Tell me this. Tell me that." And you actually have some questions. And, you know, I know Tory Smith didn't listen to the first four minutes of the interview. Where I was trying to, you know, have him tell his story and how he's going to bounce back this year. And Debo just didn't want to talk. And then you hold someone accountable for what they say. Oh, yeah. Then you just hang up the phone. So let's not give uh, Debo any uh, victory laps for that exchange. I mean, you know, I'll give him like a, a half a lap. Okay. But That's fine. It's funny, so you brought up the Nick Bosa sound mm-hmm. from early in December. So the reason why we put it on the sheet and why we mentioned it is because he was asked about it today. Yeah, let's listen to Basically, it. he was asked, like, do you regret releasing the blueprint, the blueprint now that the Eagles just got smashed and they've sucked since they, they played you? And this is what Nick Bosa had to say. Nick, you said that you guys kind of had the blueprint for stopping the Eagles offense when you beat them. How do you feel about that now? Are you taking some credit for, for their early <laughs> departure? I actually saw the clip and I was like, damn, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but it uh, worked out pretty good. You think he's on the same things that uh, Delta 9 Brian are on, just wondering? That Nick Bosa sounds really, really chill, Samter. I mean, he does live in California. Yeah, and, uh, and the NFL doesn't care about marijuana anymore. So he sounds nah, very, no, very none chill. None of the sports care about marijuana anymore, as they shouldn't. So, yeah. He sounded like Cody in California who used to call me on the weekend overnights where he'd be like, Zach, I'm chilling like a villain, about to make some pork nachos. What's up, my man? Now, one thing I will say, I know from a lot of high-level athletes, a lot of them will be very chill and cool and nice mm. until it's time for the game to start, until they get between those lines, they get into that ring or whatever it is, and then they take all that energy that they've been kind of building up and they've been pushing mm-hmm. down, and they let it all explode when it's game time. So maybe that's what Bosa does too, now, or maybe not. Chris Long has openly admitted he smokes uh, pot now. Um, and I remember there was one day in the locker room 
where there was a big controversy in a preseason game with the weight on the defender on the on the quarterback, and that was a big topic of conversation just when it happened. And I asked Chris Long about it, expecting this great quote, and he goes, you know what? I'm just in a passive mood today, man. I'm just in a really passive mood. And I asked Chris Long, since he's open about uh, maybe hitting a G-pen here or here or there now, I said we're you may be uh, partaking in those festivities that day. He's, he said he wasn't, but you're not wrong. There's a lot of people that are very chill in the world of sports, and then they get on their field, and then they turn into just these beasts and these just ridiculous forces. But, man, Nick Bosa sounded pretty, pretty chill to me there. I'm not going to assume anything, but you could use your own imagination. Update time. Let's get to Rich Ackerman. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll wrap up the show talking about the Buffalo Bills and the future of Shaw McDermott in just a second with it feels like Mike McCarthy, playoff team, should be fired. Cowboys lose to the Packers. And it also feels like the Eagles, playoff team, just lost to the Buccaneers, should be fired as well with Nick Sirianni. Uh, is McDermott safe if he does not beat Kansas City this weekend? We'll get to that in just a second. But since we have pretty much spent the entirety of this show on the embarrassing Eagles after they quit last night. And, you know, I know I have Philadelphia roots, and people often confuse me for an Eagles fan. Um, I don't dislike the Eagles, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm just wondering, like, when your guys' team loses and you guys have a bad defeat, and Stu, uh, you could probably speak to this one the best. What's your go-to game ends? You feel just so deflated you down and out. Life feels like it's over. You need a pick-me-up. What's the comfort food for Stuart Kovacs that you go to to try to uplift your spirits <laughs> after a terrible Raiders loss? Which and I guess, been a lot of. Yeah. I guess if Stu actually did this, Stu would be like a fat 
pig, <laughs> which he's not. But let's say you're you're jonesing for something good. What are you going for? Uh, especially if it's like a night game, like last night would have been, like it was for the Eagles. Definitely like ice cream, chocolate ice cream, something very sweet. Okay. If it's an earlier, like, you know, dinner time. Is then... that soft serve ice cream or, or no? No, it's just like from the freezer. Okay. So um. If At that point, I don't really feel like leaving the house, so I'm gotcha. going to be kind of lazy and, and just get the, the tub of ice cream. If it's earlier in the day, probably pizza, pizza. I, I think, is the move. Yeah, you can eat like three or four slices yeah. before your team loses. Samter, when you're, uh, well, you used to have good experience on this before you stabbed the, the Jets in the back after they stabbed you in the back for all those years, and now you're a fan of the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? What was your go-to uh, comfort food whenever the Jets would break your little heart? I mean, it wasn't even necessarily a comfort food. Just like on Sundays, I would have wings. And so when the mm. Jets would uh, break my heart, I would go with wings. But really, the comfort was just alcohol. Basically, like <laughs> the Jets would good. just ruin my life. And Alrighty. it's like straight to the beer, straight to the whiskey, straight to the That's wine, dangerous. straight to the whatever. I mean, comfort food is nice, but like alcohol really helps. My Uncle Gary, anytime the Patriots would lose, he would always uh, scream to my Aunt Linda, Linda! Get the Entenmann cookies! And they would always serve oh, the Entenmann cookies. So yes. And they come in that box, and they're a bunch of, like, 50 small cookies. That would be like throwing a piece of meat to, like, four wolves that haven't had uh, anything to eat for about, like, five days. Those cookies would devour right away. Life hack. Throw them in the microwave for, like, five or ten seconds just to get them a little bit warm and gooey. Oh. Yeah, I don't. Heaven. With the smaller cookies, I don't think you need to do that. Like, you, you get me no, a, you don't a need big to. gourmet cookie, different. I like to warm that up. You don't need to. I can just eat an entire box of straight M- uh, Entenmann's cookies. I get it. I'm just saying, every now and again, if you want something different, just throw them in there for a few seconds, and you're good. Now, here's my appliance take of the day. I really don't need a mic. Well, hold on. We, we should make this a daily segment. Appliance <laughs> take of the day. All right. Today's blenders. Tomorrow, microwaves. Well, I, I don't really use my microwave at all anymore. I have an air fryer now. You're a sociopath. No, 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 no. You put put those cookies in the air fryer. You'll thank me. And Stu, yes, do you, you agree with that, Yes, you put anything in an air fryer. It, like, it works. But an air fryer is not going to make it mushy, right? It'll make it crunchy, I would imagine. No, it, it just it heats it up, um, and I think it just tastes delicious. Nah, microwave is the way to go for so many things. <laughs> I, like I love I was me doing an a Lucky Charms wrong, commercial there for a second. You it's can't. magically delicious. <laughs> <I'm so sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> but serious. Microwave, the last time I used a microwave was like soup. If I'm heating up soup, like you can't use that for an air fryer. But now, like, I got a pizza, you know, two weeks ago for the Michigan game. We had a bunch of leftover pies. I put the pizza in the air fryer. Anytime you you do, like, uh, any leftover chicken in the air fryer. Uh, wings. I had, like, leftover wings from me and my buddies uh, picking on out the other day. Put yeah, them right putting, in the air fryer. Well, you're not putting chicken or fish in a, in a microwave. Well, you never know. I, I live with some crazy people throughout. Yeah, the chicken and fish don't belong in the microwave. So no, that, that's fine for an air fryer, but like certain things, microwave. You got it. So, like if you wanted soft and mushy and soggy, certain things like cookies or whatever, yeah. that's a microwave. That's not an air fryer. Well, uh, Chip City, I was enjoying myself, let's say, on uh, Saturday night, and I was craving a big glass of uh, milk and uh, cookie from Chip City. Had them uh, Uber Eats that to my apartment. Cookie came. I'm like, oh, this could be heated up a little bit. Put it in the air fryer. I was a, I was a satisfied customer. But my uh, comfort food of choice, when my team loses a game, I'm a sucker for soft serve ice cream. You get me like just vanilla soft serve ice cream. You put the cookie dough bites in there, the chocolate covered pretzels, uh, the Oreo cookies uh, crumbled up with some whipped cream. I'm a big old happy uh, fat camper right there. 
Here's the other question, though. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on soft server, any ice cream in general, in the winter? So I went yesterday. Uh, I went on Sunday I'm with ice my cream dad. 365, and we got Ralph's buddy. ices, Ooh. and it's delicious. But it was like 27 degrees, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" I with like my Rita's life? better than than Ralph's. I, I, they have this. I think it's called the gelati, where they do the ice thing with pipolati. No, no, no. I think they call it a gelati, or it's not gelato, but I think they call it a gelati. I, I may be wrong on that, but that is funny. Uh, I I could see Pete Pete the Body Bilotti uh, working at this place. Uh, he'd be he uh, Pete the Body Bilotti would be an elite ice cream scooper. There's no doubt about this. But you have uh, <laughs> like the the water ice, and then they have soft serve in the middle. And then they put more ice on top at Rita's. Oh, that's that's some good stuff. Does but sound I, fantastic. But, but I'm a I'm a soft serve guy. I prefer soft serve ice cream. I'm a big winter, soft serve though? ice cream fan. Yeah. It's like 25 degrees out. You're getting ice cream. Yeah, I'll be the maniac that. Like, once I'm in a chill mood like that and I'm craving ice cream, I will be the maniac with the uh, the the ski cap, the sweatshirt, the shorts, and the sandals with the socks all the way high up walking to go get the ice cream. That now, would when be you me. say chill mood, do you mean like a Chris Long, Joey Bosa chill mood? Uh, that's the way that you're inferring. I'm not inferring <laughs> those things. Okay? You know, I'm, I'm just here to do the radio show. You know, if you want to say I'm Mad Dog Russo popping a gummy here, you know, let's let's relax a little bit. I'm just saying when I'm enjoying myself on uh, on my couch and I start to just randomly get hungry and just get very, very hungry. Yeah, you, you could see Zach Gelb in the streets like that. Interesting. I, I look forward to seeing you in sweats and high socks. <laughs> Hopefully you wear shorts. socks and sandals along with that whole thing as well. Yes. No, I'm, I'm a big shorts in the winter guy. My dad is shorts, 365, I bet you are. I can see you being like a mesh shorts in the winter guy. Yeah, I, but if, if it's in like public or going to an event that's different, like my dad will go to, I'll take my dad to a Rangers game. It'll be five degrees outside. He shows up in the same sweatshirt and the shorts. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Good for him. Yeah. Who cares what people think about you? My, my mother deserves a medal. That's what I learned from that conversation. All righty. Big thanks to Hugh Douglas. Big thanks to uh, Moist Mike, Stuart Kovacs, each and every one of you. We'll be back tomorrow on a busy Wednesday show. We'll see you. Who else will be on the hot seat tomorrow? I guess we have someone on the hot seat each and every day. But we out. Bye-bye. We'll back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Zach Gelb Show. Peace. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.